0: that's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Hey, what the actual fuckers? Stay tuned to the end of the episode for a very exclusive clip of the This Country book, read by Kerry and Curtin. Hey, what the actual fuckers? We're back for WTAF Live 3. Thrice cooked. I am absolutely thrilled. On Friday, the 29th of November... At the Sundial Theatre in Sirencester. Best in the West. Another night filled with this country themed entertainment. And we'll be laughing, laughing, laughing. We will be counting down the top five this country moments. Yeah, I know. As well as having the very first Dump Gang Olympics. Lethal. With a very special set of judges, including the queen of this country, Jill Cooper. She is so bubbly. And Martin Mucklow himself. Top notch. With the fantastic... Comedian Keris Nelms to kick the night off. And unofficial This Country Rockers Erica will be the house band on stage. Beast mode. Tickets are just £12.50. Go to WTAFpodcast.com or our Facebook, Instagram or Twitter page at WTAF This Country for the link to get tickets. Got it? Have you not listened to a word I've just said? So, grab your plums, turn over your crumpets, and join us for a proper smart night of fun. No one can keep up with that. Not even gift gaff. WTF Live 3.
1: Thrice cooked.
2: I mean, what can you say?
0: Hi, I'm Paul Cooper, better known as Martin McClue. What the actual fuck?
2: Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. What? Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck?
0: And then, right, here we go. Right.
2: One, two, two. Right, okay.
0: Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF, This Country Podcast. Now, first, he's a man who has just had to beg, steal, and borrow £200 for his new start-up com- company. He's wearing a suit that makes him look like Uncle Fester, and will probably have to sell his PlayStation to pay his bills. It's Neil!
1: Do you know, that is not far off the truth this week, mm-hmm. genuinely. Just put my car in for a service MOT today, have you? and that's going to be 200 odd quid. That And your I
0: uniform, could... you look like... Uncle Festa. Well I've
1: just had my hair cut so I'm looking a bit more closely <laughs> like Uncle Festa, so we'll go with that. Well that's good I'm, I'm on the ball as usual. Yeah you know, you've got a crystal ball.
0: I have <laughs> I have, I could say something there but I'm not going to Now, <laughs> our super fan guest could possibly be the brainiest person we've ever had as a guest on this podcast She is famous as the sultry vixen on the chase and also recently was seen cooking up a storm on Celebrity MasterChef She is also the co-host on the fabulous Fingers on Buzzers f- podcast where you can hear her Blow a mean harmonica in one episode, at least. She's the quizzer with all the answers. It's Jenny Ryan. Hey! Yay.
3: Oh, what an intro! That's <laughs> marvelous.
0: So, how are you today, Jenny?
3: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I've yeah, I've been to the gym today and been thoroughly tortured by my trainer so feeling a little bit a bit sleepy right now <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know that feeling I know that feeling right we will we will chat to you about climb I, I love the podcast I got to say that I was listening to it again today and there's a couple of that's things awesome. I learned today that I will be speaking to you about that I didn't even realize so that's one thing that we'll put on the back burner and uh, we'll chat about a lot of other things but obviously this is a this country podcast um Where did you first find out about this country?
3: I'd seen this country pop up on the iPlayer, but the person who literally made me watch it was my stepdad, Dan. He is a super, super fan of this country and can quote every single episode. And So he's like an evangelist for the show and members of the family, friends, he will... Force them if they come round to to watch a couple of episodes and and convert them to the cause. One person he has converted is his grandson, my my nephew Lucas. Lucas has a shrine to this country.
1: Oh really? Oh really?
3: <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> thirteen. At, at thirteen. I mean, it's. I, I think. I think there's more to be added to it. I think there could be more artifacts added in there. It's, it's just a bit of artwork and uh, and a DVD box set at the moment. But I, I think I can probably. Uh, Get him a few Christmas presents
0: that will well, help him to add. I was going to say well, we've got a great range of T-shirts. Yeah. If you're interested, I'm wearing one. night well, one, one shirt now with Effin and Jeffin on or it. Or
1: you could um, also get Mandy to commission a big, be- a you know, one of the portraits, one of her um, oh, yeah. tattoos as a portrait <laughs> for your wall. <laughs> Indeed. So what were oh, your, what was your that impression? Was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your impressions then when you first watched the first episode after being recommended it?
3: I think it's it's one of those particularly British comedies that it teeters on that line between being hilarious, the dialogue is amazing, the characters are amazing, but the pathos in it, it's got that edge, that tint of sadness that comes with some of the great British sitcoms. And I think the first episode I watched... It, it put me off for a little while, actually, because I, it was so sad. It was uh, it was um, Dirty Peeper.
0: Right, right.
3: And um, it, the relationship between Kerry and Martin just made me so sad, you know, when she, she ends up doing the solo flight, and mm. that broke my heart. So I, I didn't watch another episode for a couple of weeks, but I kept thinking about the characters and about the dialogue, and, and I did go back to it a couple of weeks later, and... and you know, really, really warm to it. But I'll never warm to
0: Martin. <laughs> we've said, and we've said it on our he live is... shows, he's a shit house. That's what he is. He's He is, he is
3: a bad, bad bastard. <laughs> he, is. he
0: is. But you meet him in real life, mm-hmm. he is the nicest person you'll ever meet. Paul is one of those guys that is just a nice guy. He is, he? he is a nice he's guy. He's so far away from his character, which makes it amazing to think that that's his first ever acting role, you know?
3: it's amazing the the platform it's given that i mean the 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 fact that the coopers have come up with this and uh they've used it as a platform for the area they're from for talent that they know and people that they love and put it all together because you know there wasn't really anything like this until they just pushed ahead with it i think it's incredible
0: yeah was there any point when you first started watching it that you thought it was an actual documentary (laughs) because <laughs> there's so many people that we um, yeah. that have, that have said that it took them <laughs> like 10-15 t- minutes to realize that it was a comedy it wasn't a real documentary
3: i think maybe if, if i'd been flicking channels late at night and it was on bbc3 or something and i would have gone oh where's stacy Dooley popping up next <laughs> is she like looking into the realities of, of rural life for youngsters yeah, um, yeah. it's it is so it's so close to that line and and you you can't help but be reminded as you're watching it that this is almost true to life for so many youngsters, you know, in the countryside, but also in the cities who feel isolated and you know don't know where to go. And I think that's you you have a lot to think about. It's it's quite a cerebral kind of experience because I end up having a conversation with my mum at the weekend for about half an hour because she was worried about what Kerry's gonna do. She's like, <laughs> what's what's gonna end up what what's she gonna end up doing? I mean I we know Curtin's gonna be alright because he's he's he, he loves being in the service industry and we think he's gonna do well but Kerry what 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 she she can't make a living out of running the dump gang.
1: Indeed. And what could you see her doing?
3: That's it. It's so hard mm. to, to find anything that would interest her long enough to make it a career. Uh, I think she, she's someone who has these fads and she gets involved in things, but she she runs out of energy and when it's not a success immediately, she likes that immediate gratification. Mm. And it's hard to think, particularly in, in, in the village, what what is there for her? Mm. I, I, I think she, she clearly likes working with other people in a kind of a mentor way, although she's not really a massive role model. So maybe something working with older people or, or kids. And I mean, she, she reads a mean cat in the hat.
1: She does. <laughs> she does, doesn't she? she does. But
0: the thing is, at the end of end of series one, when she's asking Curtin, why, why do you want to leave? You know, we've got everything we want here. It's almost like she's living her best life. She's doing what she wants, mm. and d- does she need to go off and do anything? Because in her own mind, she is living the life that she wants to live.
3: Yeah, but it's it's you are reminded at that point that she's not really living in reality because you know th- she can't be living off a mum for forever.
1: That is um, true,
3: and, and and she's she's already sold a birthday. So <laughs> what else can she do to yeah. get a little bit of extra income? Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure a mum loves her deeply and and loves having her around, but a mum isn't going to be around forever. So at some point, she's she's going to have to fend for herself and face a little bit of a reality check. That is true. Uh, I mean, the, the ideal would be if if she and Curtin could get that flat and and have all that inflatable furniture. That would be that would be heaven for her. Indeed. You know, th- Quail breeder.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
3: So when you were
1: absolutely. when you, you said you went back and binged the the whole series, was that just the first series, or did you manage to watch the first and second together?
3: Um, I think it was about the time the, the second series was about to launch when I watched season one. So uh, I managed to not have much of a break between between the two series. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, and then I, I left it a while before watching the aftermath. So I, I, I thought that's going to have to tide me over.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did that answer the questions that you had hanging at the end of Series 2?
3: A little bit. I mean, I was I was very glad that Curtin got invited back to to get a few shifts at the Bowls Club because that's, he's, that's meant for him. That is mm-hmm. absolute destiny, that job.
1: Yeah. Um, Bloody new. I, I'm just yeah.
3: worried about, you know... Sandra, is she gonna take Martin back? Is she gonna be grave? I, I I like the fact that there was a relationship building between Kerry and her little brothers. It was it was a really nice position to end on, but there are some questions going forward. Mm. What is gonna happen when Martin comes back? Yeah. Chaos probably.
0: I think I think you could be right. Now talking of questions, now obviously this is your job is questions <laughs> and yeah. answers. Um Oh, I've got so many questions I want to ask you about the whole quizzing world and what you do. Um, is it is it because you are such a, a brainy person? Is that the right thing to say? Or you're you're a quizzer? Yeah, you'll take that. I yeah, think when fun. you absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to drop some This Country questions in. <laughs> I, I want to see. because now I, You've already sort of, I think I'm going to be all right with these questions because you've already dropped in a few little nuggets of info and facts about the show, you know, that I think mm. she's going to be all right with these. She's going to get these, no problem. Okay. Every so often I'm going to drop one in. But you can f-
3: try, but the person you need on here is Lucas because right. he, he, he can ask uh, the toughest questions.
0: But before, I ask, the, before I ask the first one, do you get this all the time? people coming up to you going well come on answer this one answer this one
3: a little bit uh, it does happen especially if i'm sort of in the pub and people have had a couple of drinks mm. uh, we we were doing a well it wasn't it was a pub quiz league night we have a quiz league on a monday around bolton um the the quiz squad is mostly members of my family right and we had a, a an off week. It was the bank holiday, I think, actually, and so we decided to have a, a little quiz training session in oh, the pub. Right. <laughs> um, And everyone brought a few questions, and we were just having a few drinks and uh, a bit of a socialise. And there was an extremely drunk bloke at the other side of the room. He kept coming over, and he he was he kept trying to ask difficult gardening questions because he was a gardener, but obviously didn't really know much about so he kept giving us the Latin name for things or oh, what oh what what's the Latin name for a daffodil and my mum just kind of because like, Narcissus. What are you even asking that? He's like, Well actually I think if I it's Narcissus Alba and she said, Well no, that would be the white daffodil because Alba means white and, like, rrr, rrr. and, and he was not he was not yeah. having it that he couldn't one up us on on something and he he was uh yeah, it was a little bit of an annoyance, but most of the time it's you know some it's more that people come up to you with a really good fact rather than try and challenge you because that's not really I was I was have to say well I'm not on duty at the moment yeah so yeah, yeah that's yeah. not fair
0: no
3: um, don't expect me to get it right yeah but if someone comes up and shares a really interesting fact that they found out that's brilliant that's that's all I can ask for as a quizzer.
1: yeah so how did you become a quizzer then how did you become a chaser and things like that.
3: Quizzing's always been our family hobby, Um, so my granddad was massively into the local quiz leagues, Uh, he used to run pub quizzes and the local quiz league for a while, and he used to make me watch, you know, 15 to 1 and going for gold and all that sort of stuff when I was a very small kid, and family occasions and Christmas and birthdays and Easter after dinner you'd generally well the the first couple of years it was out, you'd crack out Trivial Pursuit and then everybody had learned all the questions by sort of a a year after it came out so Mm -hmm. um, it was it was new quiz books and granddad would always run a quiz so my mum's really good at quizzing my aunties and uncles are really keen on it and thankfully my stepdad happens to enjoy quizzes as well and he's really come on as a quizzer since since he's uh he's been in the family and so yeah it's it's just uh it's a hobby that's got out of control really (laughs) (laughs) so how
0: many how many quiz shows have you been on because i noticed on i did a little bit of a, a a deep dive on youtube and i saw you on mastermind you did i think buffy the vampire slayer was your that's that's correct yeah so how many how many have you been on altogether?
3: Um, excluding the chase. I've probably been on about uh, 10 or a dozen different quiz shows before before getting the call. I think that seems to be part of the uh, prerequisite for even getting an audition to be a quizzer, to be a chaser, uh, some kind of quiz form. So I, I started way back when I was 20 and I did University Challenge, which is how I found out that there was a national quiz circuit and international quiz competitions. So I got involved that way, doing things like the British Championships, the European Championships, and the uh, the monthly Grand Prix quizzes. And, you know, the, since then, sort of so throughout my 20s, I was probably on a quiz show once a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I, you kind of get bitten by the bug. Once you get on a show and you're pretty good at it, you think, I want another go at that. Even if you didn't win the quiz, mm-hmm. you think, that was such an enjoyable experience. You want to get back on the horse. So I did things that I did. I did 15 to one, the last series with William G. Stewart Uh, did one called, it's not, uh, and come and have a go. If you think you're smart enough or clever enough uh, with Julian Clary Uh, and basically try to pick something up every year or so when they let you back on a quiz show until um, the last non chase one I did was only connect and we won series three and my team managed to win the whole series.
1: Wow. Yeah. Is there still a quiz that you wanted to do, but you never got a chance to do?
3: Going for gold. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it because you I wanted to stand
1: that. on the camera and wave? Like yes. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. I liked, I liked the, the set. I liked the international element to it. I liked the question format. So the, the, you know, you're in play and the bar was going down through Mm. the points and you had to buzz in on those huge buzzers. But most of all, just to to be quizzed by Henry Kelly would have been an absolute dream. So Mm. maybe if they invent time travel, that's definitely high on my list of things to to do. (laughs) I won't step on any butterflies. I'll go and take part.
0: (laughs) That was one of the facts that I learned today. Uh, listening to your podcast, was that Hans Zimmer did the theme tune for Going For Gold.
1: Yeah, I knew this as well, yeah. I
0: cannot believe that. We've we've done podcasts before where all of a sudden we'll just start singing the Going For Gold theme tune. Do you
3: know all the verses?
0: Uh, not oh, all no no no, 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 we don't know all the
3: verses. Get on YouTube, the, the full version is, is on there. Oh, is, is it? it? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe, I, I actually
0: stopped work today. And audibly gasped when I heard you say that it was Hans Zimmer. But it
3: makes sense, though, because it's such a great piece of music and he is such a great composer. Absolutely. So it all drops. You got, of course. Yeah. Of course. It's, so, it's one of the most catchy pieces of music from the 1980s, I'd say. I completely
0: agree. Right. I'm once, gonna, it, I,
3: once, you, once you start with it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm going to drop head. you a This Country question. Uh-oh. Here we go. What is the name <laughs> of Reverend Seaton's church?
3: Ah. Oh. Now I'm going to throw in the excuse that I'm off duty. Uh, St. Michael's. Or something oh, you're
0: so close, St. Mary's. Oh. St. Mary's. The, no, no. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, close.
0: so close. So close. So, Jenny. <laughs> no, I was going to say <laughs> Ap- apologies. Platitudes, <laughs> I
3: was not close.
0: I <laughs> That's a true quizzer, that is. That's a true <laughs> quizzer. So, I
3: won't get it wrong again.
1: So, Jenny, which chaser do you have the most competition with?
3: We're, we're not really competitive with one another. We're not? more supportive. And we want to see each other win as much as possible. And if someone gets on maybe a bit of a losing streak, we do all we can to support them. We will do warm quizzes. We'll always be keeping in touch with one another and firing things over to each other. So if you see something that you're, you know, there's a new um, film comes out, and there's a bit of trivia you find out about it. We will fire it off, and go, this is gonna, you know, this should come up as a question. There's, no, of course, they're gonna ask who the new, uh the new president of Liberia is. So <laughs> you'll, you will do all that sort of stuff. We, we, uh, we keep. St- well, Mark is the guy who keeps the stats. He's got an enormous spreadsheet. Of course, it's enormous. <laughs> uh, of, of every single stat from every single series, and he keeps track of. Sort of who the the form quizzer at the moment is and and looks at how we can support the the, the person who's not doing so well at the moment.
1: Mm.
0: Well, we done a a, a comic con, didn't we? We with, did. Um, Mark and um, Sean.
1: Sean, it was yeah. Um,
0: and. and- they were very competitive with each other. They did a quiz oh, against yeah. each other then, and that was that, that was got, a sight to behold. That got very competitive. And didn't they're, it? they're both both big guys. <laughs> you stood in the middle of those guys, and they're about to go down. And you think, "Oh, <laughs> we're trying to be as nice as we can." Uh, it's
3: always meant in great fun, though. It's always meant in in the love of quiz and the fact that if you ask your opponent. Oh, a question and they get it wrong you're still teaching them something so they're not mm. going to get that wrong again hopefully that's that's one way i learn anyway is you ask me a question i get it wrong i remember getting it wrong and i remember the wrong answer i gave but then i also remember the correct one hopefully
1: how, how do you find that you learn all these things though you know this trivia how, how do you absorb it all
3: i think that there's there's a combination of factors i think some people are naturally have a brain which soaks things in but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're good at recalling those things some people have got very good recall but might not know as as wide a selection of things so I've got a little bit of both of those but you do have to train your brain to get quicker so a lot of speed quizzing and and keeping your brain very very active I do a lot of puzzles like sudokus even you know when I'm just sitting around if I'm listening to a podcast I'm probably doing a puzzle game at the same time, because that's keeping different sets of, of, of neurons firing and keeping everything sharp. But I think that the most important thing is just having a curiosity about the world and wanting to learn things and wanting to understand more about fellow humans, history, where, where we are, where we came from, where we go to. Uh, I guess some people who aren't very good at general knowledge, just they're not interested in knowing anything outside of what makes their day-to-day life easier but I think the, the the top quizzers have an interest in everything and have since they were small and they know where to find the facts if they don't know something you know how to research it and how to to find the answer really quickly. Yeah. So yeah, the, your, your top quizzes—they won't just sit and watch the TV. They'll have the laptop open and they will be Wikipediaing everything that they don't fully understand already.
0: Now I was listening to uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, um, and it was the Elon Musk episode. I don't okay. know whether you've ever listened to that. And Elon Musk, Elon Musk was saying about how with um, things like cyborgs and and modern technology that that basically people with a phone now are like cyborgs they've got the information at their fingertips mm. with google and things like that and it won't be long it be 10 20 years before that will be implanted in people so they won't need to go to their phone to go to go on google
2: mm.
0: that's going to affect things like quiz shows and pub quizzes because obviously things like google and phones aren't allowed in pub qu- or shouldn't yeah. be allowed in pub quizzes do you think that the future of quizzing could be in jeopardy because of things like modern technology and technology in the future
3: very possibly i mean on that note though there is being able to use google and being able to use google i think you know i will often get random tweets about um well it says on google that you're married with four kids and like <laughs> do you know google isn't like the google's how you find answers yeah not the answer and it's not enough and and having that you know the thing that they teach you in history when you're at school you know primary and secondary sources and and that sort of research skills people don't seem to always have the the skill to differentiate between you know what's what's fact what's fiction what's fake news all that sort of stuff Mm. I mean there's been a lot has been done recently to try and combat the use of technology because that's been coming in for a long time now the pub quiz so you've got things like speed quizzing is uh, is a format where you literally you are using your phone to answer the questions but you have a matter of seconds to type in an answer and ways of circumventing that by doing quizzes which are ungoogleable or you are answering at high speed and you have to hand all your answer sheets in. we we're always finding ways to to get around the the unfairness that that technology brings in. And there's there's always going to be an appeal for that sort of human element because yeah, technology's great and being able to to use the internet to find things out. It's it's available to all of us, but it's not a skill mastered by many of us.
0: Right. Okay. And
3: just, I think there still needs to be that human element to get context to things. Mm. So, and there, there I many you, you can actually write questions which which are virtually ungooglable, right. and or which through the use of language, it's more of a puzzle kind of question. So maybe that's going to come to the fore a little bit more, where you need human intelligence and human experience to to work out the answer
1: yeah yeah do you have an achilles heel though what what subject
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, mental arithmetic just panics me just throws me into into tailspin i hate it i really i i i always panicked at school being asked things about the times tables Mm. and and because maybe i must have in primary school you know got something wrong and and been laughed at and so suddenly the the panic sets in if you are there is a a, an infamous incident early in my chaser career where I'm asked something like what's seven dozen I mean that's that's two questions in one that's what (laughs) how many is a dozen and times it by seven so I've not I just lost it my my it was either past but so I looked Stupid or give an answer which was wrong and look even more stupid.
1: Right.
0: So
3: I gave an incorrect answer and looked just really daft.
0: So you haven't there been a countdown go. then? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what? No, it, that's not so bad because that's not mental arithmetic. You can write that I down. I suppose,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> go, you yeah. It, it, it's,
3: it's under time and under pressure. And at home, I, I can get the, the numbers game sometimes. I think my problem with countdown is I'm either in a letters mode or a numbers mode. And it's hard for me to switch quickly from, you know, getting really into those anagrams to to being able to remember my times tables. Mm. Mm.
0: I'm going to be totally unfair again and throw another question at you (laughs) now. Uh, What type of scarecrow did June make?
3: June made? Oh, God.
0: Really putting you on the spot. I I do apologise. Go
3: on, tell me. It
0: was a minion. (laughs) It was a minion.
3: I I, I bloody knew that. Because the one thing I'll say is...
0: I I love making up quizzes. I mean I we, we we for the last 2 years of doing the podcast we've done a, a fan of the year. So I've like put together like I think nearly 400 this country questions. And I've also done quizzes at work and quizzes when my dad had a pub and there's there's a thing about having that power of knowing the answers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have you sorted out a lot of of your own quizzes because I know that you wrote questions for I can't remember which TV show it was, but you wrote questions for a particular TV show, didn't you?
3: Yeah, I've written uh, questions and material for a couple of shows. So uh, my first one was The Weakest Link. I did a couple of other sort of ITV and Challenge and some uh, non-broadcast pilots, and then I got a job writing material for QI. So I was coming up with right. very complex questions. That's a whole different skill set, but it's it's it, it, there is a real skill. To writing good quiz questions and i think the majority of people watching at home don't realize the hard work that goes into it and the judgment because you have to think about the audience at home you have to think about the people in the studio studio lights will they be able to hear it can uh, you know if you're out for the chase can bradley say it at speed does it make sense what's the best way to word it can you make it more difficult by taking out a word or changing it round to be the other way around? And it's there are so many different checks and balances to go through in writing good quiz questions, making sure they're correct, and then putting them together in a set where it's keeping things interesting. So, I mean, I used to uh, go to a local pub quiz a good few years ago where clearly the questions, were they were they were bought from a company, not one of the more reputable quiz, pub quiz production companies. I've worked with quite a few good ones. Um, th- this particular one shall remain nameless. And it, they were obviously, the rounds were generated from a database. So you'd have a sport round, but four of the questions would be on boxing and then oh. one on horse racing, I think. Nobody's checked this. That's yeah. not interesting. We want you want really you want a sport round in which even non sports fans are going to get three out of the five mm-hmm. because they're not directly about. sport. it's not who won the Grand National. It's you know it's something something factual that you may have come into uh, or you'll have heard of the answer. Nobody wants that kind of situation to happen. Mm. Uh, and and I've I've run so many quizzes I used to run pub quizzes and corporate quizzes and again it's knowing your audience and being able to judge how much help you need to give them sometimes but wielding that power of actually running a quiz I think one of the one of the basic things about being a quiz master is take ownership of your questions and take control and you know I was at an event recently where they, they'd brought in a different quiz master I was I was just appearing for the final round in a challenge and he hadn't written the, he hadn't written the questions clearly hadn't read the questions before he started reading them out loud and so people were coming up with adjudications and he was mispronouncing things and saying oh can we accept this answer or oh, they put this can we give them a point point?" and he was like oh, oh, oh I don't know no when you're a quiz master or quiz mistress you need to go, no, nope, no point for you. Yeah. I say mm. so. No, I've checked this. That's the correct answer. You can't argue with me and be completely, you know, it's, it is, you're basically being a professional, you know, dominatrix if you're a quizman. <laughs> <laughs> do
1: you ever play those pub quiz machines? Do you do those?
3: I used to. They're, they're, they're a bit rare. They're a bit, you know, thin on the ground these days. But I I know some people used to actually make a half-decent living out of them.
2: Oh, really? uh,
3: And, you know, you, you found a good one that was paying out and you might, you know, you'd get enough to go, you know, have a couple of mates, go and get a curry later on and buy a few pints. Um, I, I was, yeah, I was a big fan of uh, a good old quiz machine. We used to enjoy... It. There's literally a game called Pub Quiz, which was usually quite a good good payer in, uh, in our local pub. So we would... We would be doing the pub quiz in the pub, and then when that had finished, we'd go and play pub quiz on the quiz machine.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hopefully, we would win money at one or the other, but often not. We'd spend more on beer.
0: I do like the um, the Chase iPad game. That's <clears> really good. I think I, on one of my tweets to you, I did say that I I was playing you, and I won
3: twenty eight grand.
0: <laughs> good for you. But it's, <laughs> you know that's
3: not actually me and it's not actually i know and it's so
0: much easier (laughs)
3: people do they they think they're like oh i just beat you yeah Mm -hmm. it's so much
0: easier on the app because they give you three choices it's not they don't ask you a question and you've got to answer it you've so you you've got a one in three chance if you get it you know, if you if you guess, whereas I've seen obviously seen the show and there's some of the questions. I think I don't know the answer to that at all. No. So it's a, it's a great.
3: win. It's great practice for for any kind of quizzing though. Those games are amazing. And so yeah, I, I've got a good few quiz apps on my phone. I bet. To keep in practice. <laughs> What's all your favourite
0: one? What's your favourite one that you you play?
3: Um, I like there's a there's a it's a website really. It does have an app, but it's not as good. Uh, Sporkle.
0: All right, sport. Yeah,
3: so you can learn. It it helps you to learn different topics, particularly, um, and people can submit uh, their own quizzes to it. But there's particularly, like, U.S. state capitals, there is a quiz. So you might have two minutes, and you'll see a map of the U.S., no markings on it apart from the outlines of the states, and it'll flash up. And you'll go, oh, well, that's that's Hawaii, that's Honolulu. And so you type in Honolulu, and then it moves on to the... And you, it will just keep testing you so that you have two minutes to get as many as you can. And eventually, the, the aim is that, you know, after, you know, 20 times of trying, 30 times, 40 times maybe, you've got them all, you've learned them. So it's a really good way of all doing right. some interactive learning. Um, but people set all sorts of random quizzes, so there may well be a this country because on there. I've not checked recently.
0: Wow. Have you ever thought about going over to America and, like, doing things like Jeopardy? I know on another episode of the podcast, which we'll talk about in a, in a minute, you were talking to somebody that was actually on Jeopardy. Is there rules that you could, can come from another country and go and play in America? Or?
3: I'm not sure what the rules are on that. I mean, to, to for instance, to apply to the chase, you have to be uh, a resident of uh, the UK and Northern Ireland. Um but it may be different for Jeopardy and they may, they may do sort of an international champions edition, but they, that is such a specific format and that is so well-loved and dominated by a certain few people that I think it, I think it would be a huge test. It's, it's pretty tricky and the, the gimmick of it being that the you give the question to the answer that's on the board. That's an additional thing to add in. I think it's a great format. Do you think you uh, do well at? Would you think you do well at it though? No, I don't think so. I oh, think right. I would be if it, it, well if I was against ordinary you know members of the public who were lined up. Then I'd I'd have a slight chance because I'm quite interested in American culture. Not so much. I'm not very good at American history, uh, but there's not a lot of it, so I should be able to learn it all. <laughs> <laughs> burn, sick burn against America. Oh, sure, they're really upset. Um, <laughs>
2: uh,
3: but th- th- it's, th- there are certain people who they practice their entire lives. That's their entire quiz career is focused on going on Jeopardy and getting a huge run going. Yeah, I mean, there's the James Holtz hour recently, people like Ken Jennings are uh, insanely clever people, but that's their their focus of their quiz career he's getting good at that one format. And I guess the focus of my quiz career is getting good at The Chase, which I've managed all right.
1: Yeah. So going back to The Chase quickly, what's the um, the most money you sort of lost against?
2: <laughs>
3: um, there was well the, the infamous episode from last series was, the most I've lost to one person is £70,000 mm. to one lady on her own. I've played for a hundred grand against a single player a couple of times. Um, this is the daytime version, but then when we get to the celeb version, obviously, as it's for charity, the money gets silly. So there is there's an episode we recorded this year which I can't talk about, but it is it's by some margin the, the you know the largest amount that any single player has ever played for. Wow! And
1: do you, when yeah. it's is a charity event like that, do you still play it? Full on, do you know what I mean? Or are you aware that it's for charity and you think, oh, come on, maybe
3: you, you have to play to win? We are under contract to play to win and to be the absolute best we can be all the time. The difference, well, one of the differences with the celebrity versions for me, and I don't know if it affects the other people, the other chases, in the same way does, we have a live studio audience. And so that atmosphere, it becomes like a cauldron, and so it's it feels a lot a lot more likely that you're going to slip up mm. because that you've got you know hundreds of people sitting just a few feet off to you know to the side of your left your left ear, and they're all waiting with absolute bated breath. You can you can almost hear the silence, kind of thing that mm. they are waiting for you to to make a mess of things mm. so that the the charity can can win some money. I mean, the charities do take home money at the end of it in any case. Yeah,
1: yeah, And
3: It's one of those things where it's risk and reward. The celebrities are the ones who have to take a massive risk if they want to win big money for their charity, but no one goes home empty hearted in, in our competition. <laughs> no, yeah.
0: And, and it, it, you're the bad guys, aren't you? So you're, you, you've got to play up to that and you've got to have, you've got that image that you've got to play up to.
3: Yeah. We, we've we got to be ruthless. And we, we can't be seen at all to give a single inch. We're not there to be Mr. Nice Guy. We are there to be, you know, a ruthless quiz bastard. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's almost the, the wording of our contracts. Right. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. so your whole uh, Vixen image, is that something that you came up with or was that something that the show came up with or was it both of you? Or
3: It was mostly the creation of the production. I mean, I, I'd... I'd sent them in some mood, but I'd, I'd sent them in some Pinterest boards for the ladies in the in the, in the the audience. <laughs> They'll know what that is uh, <laughs> uh, of, of sort of style icons and things because I, like, so, I do like a vintage look. I like sort of mid-century. I like the mad men kind of look. I, I mean, I'm a proud glasses wearer, so they had to have some kind of chunky frames or some cat eye glasses. And yeah, I've got a lot of hair, so they wanted something to do with that. And the, the other factor was that my first ever audition, I turned up, I was wearing a, a full leopard print frock. And I think the second time I saw them, I had some more leopard print on. So they they rolled with that. Right. And so they, they came up, they wanted something animally. So they, the look was put together by our wardrobe mistress and our hair and makeup director. And I thought it was great because I loved that sort of the, the, the tailoring and the... the the beehive made me think of sort of, uh, Joan from Mad Men. Mm. And the, the fact was that, that we were looking for an animal nickname and the term cougar had been bandied about a little bit. And I had to explain to them that I was far too young to be a cougar. <laughs> and, and never call me that. Um, and then I walked out and I had my hair in a ponytail, bright red hair. And, uh, Brad just was like, Vixen. Yep. There you go. That's, that's, that's the perfect name. They're cunning, they're wily, they're smart, they're really fierce, mm-hmm. and and they have this brush of of red, it's their tail, that you've got this ponytail. So yeah, let's go with it. And it and it was one of those things that I just had to I had to, I had the option then to create who the vixen really was.
0: Yeah. And mm.
3: she she is she's a little bit of a character. She is Mark will say that. Our personas on the chase are our own, but dialed up way up. I mean, Mark's is dialed up a little bit because he's <laughs> like that most of the time, as you know. Cause you've met him. Yeah. Uh, but but when we're performing, it is you are you're louder, you're you're a bit more snarky, you're more brutal, and you know you can say cheeky things and and have a bit of a chit chat with Brad and the contestants that. You know, ordinarily I I, I probably wouldn't do because often I wouldn't say boo to a goose. Mm. So it gives you a little bit more of a you've got you feel like you've got the right because you own that studio to just say what you want and behave how you like and be ruthless.
1: Yeah. And how hard is it not to laugh with Brad when you're watching? Because <laughs> those outtakes that you see on online and everything are hilarious.
3: I. I've got quite good at keeping a bit of a, a, a dour expression sometimes when a question comes up and I think they've put this to try and make bad Brad break. They've, they've <laughs> done this for him just to just to uh, see if he'll have another chuckling fit. Mm. And and so what sometimes I will try, but it's very hard to because he's got such an infectious stuff he's got a very infectious personality mm. he's always very especially when he walks out on the set and he's with the contestants he's got he's got the will for them to win he he walks out before taping starts and he introduces himself to the team and he and he and he says you can you know you can call me Bradley, you can call me Brad, Bradus, you can call me whatever you like because I'm the fifth member of your team and we are going to win. And that's how he sees himself. It's him and and his team versus the ruthless quiz bastard. And, (laughs) you know, it gives him that bit of license to be a little bit more cheeky with us Mm. and protect his his, uh, team down there. Mm. He has such great fun and brings this wonderful energy to it. And it is a real joy to watch him work. And if you if you ever get chance to see one of the live recordings, it is pretty much a masterclass in, you know, controlling one of the hardest situations. Because he's got this live audience here. He's doing his normal job, but the team are all, you know... People who are hopped up on their own egos most of the time and they're they're nervous. They're even more nervous than the daytime contestants Mm. and they're showing off in front of the audience and they're all, you know, they're all very giddy. And so he's he's doing double duty and he's going out into the audience and chatting to people and keeping proceedings going all the while keeping the quiz format nice and tight getting through all those questions and creating some beautiful moments it is an absolute master class
0: i think that's another t-shirt as well ruthless quiz bastard is a t-shirt yeah. I think. or a new show
3: <laughs> or a new <laughs> show
0: <Yeah. laughs> well, uh, well
3: coming soon to itv yeah
0: i, I <laughs> said <laughs> that they, <PM. laughs> i did a tweet today saying that they should commission mouths on recept- receptacles right. which if you've I've- listened listen to the podcast so we'll, we'll talk about the podcast um what made you want to to start a podcast about quizzing
3: there was a gap in the market oh, uh, i i I'd been realized I'd realized getting into podcasts slowly but surely i mean, I have to be honest the majority of my subscriptions are things about murder uh because very big true crime. about murder yeah I love mm. true crime uh and I always have and now this is such a great outlet um but i'd I'd often been sort of, you know, I'd been in a car and someone said, Oh, is there a quiz we can put on? And the only things I could think of would be radio four quizzes. And they might've already listened to the latest episode of counterpoint or whatever. And as if anyone does, um, (laughs) sorry. Well, I'm not a classical music person, so it's, it's, I'm just waiting for anything that's sort of 20th century or later. Um, so I'd I'd thought of this and then it was, it was a couple of years ago. I was, I was early on in my chase career and I was probably in my, in the first block of celebrity shows. And I'd, I was sitting backstage after doing my first one, I think. And I thought I'll sit around and I'll watch the following show. We We take two in a day when we're doing the celebrity ones. And it was, one of the one of the best ever celeb episodes, where they take a lot of money home because the first three players go for the high offer. Um, so it was Jay Rayner, Krishnan uh, Guru Murthy, and Steve Davis were in seats one, three, and four, and in seat two was a certain comedian called Lucy Porter. And I was so impressed in how good she was at quizzing. And when she came off off set and I got to have a chat with her, we just bonded immediately. And the idea of doing a podcast about quizzing came up almost immediately. You know, within the hour of us meeting, we were talking about this. And then we talked about it for about another 18 months before we got our producer Amanda on board. And Amanda makes things happen. Uh, There's another podcast she does called Drunk Women Solving Crime, which is great because it involves two Things that I really like: crime and drinking. And, <laughs> and uh, they, the, the three ladies who who host that, call her Commander, Commander Amanda. Nice. And yeah, she because she just she gets stuff done. You know, you, you wouldn't think that she uh, she she would be running so many really successful podcasts all at once. When just a year ago, she she was only just starting to record uh, Fingers on Buzzers and and the Drunk Women and she'd never done podcasts before. She'd worked in radio, she'd been made redundant, and she thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. And now she's I mean, she, she's producing uh, one of the biggest new podcasts that's just been released, uh, the London Hughes podcast, because um, she's like one of the big names of the year. And this is all on the back of this hard work that she puts in. And she immediately saw something in... in the, our idea she just thought that's so unique there's nothing there let's let's slink in there she came up with the you know former ideas for the first year she came up with loads of great guests and yeah she's she's smashing so you know we owe it all to commander amanda mm. and um so now there is that we are the premier uk podcast about quizzes and quiz shows
0: and I, it's i thoroughly recommend it if you're if you're it's because it's not just about answering questions and stuff you go on about past quizzes i love the one where you were, you were talking to mike reed about pop quiz i used to love Pop oh, quiz. Yeah, it's a
1: great
0: one. it was one of those shows that just like you couldn't believe that one minute there'd be mark king and there'd be paul young and there'd be yeah it was just a fantastic show i don't know and, and it like i think you were all saying it should be commissioned it should come back because it would be great to see pop stars of today and of, of yesterday all just answering questions about pop music i think it'd be a great idea
3: it's part of the 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 part of the format of the show is that nostalgia. Mm. So we do try and we'll talk to somebody who appeared on or worked on or even hosted a, a quiz of bygone era, and people respond to that so much, and they'll they'll come in and and they'll share their memories. And we we one thing we love is getting contestants who are on. Show So we've had, you know, someone who was on University Challenge way back under Bamba Gascoyne, mm. you know, it's way back in, in, in the day, uh, you know, and for those people who are t- talking about their experiences on on the Connect and they're on the current series. So we, we've got all that sort of aspect. We cover all those quiz shows, but we're also looking at the, the interesting quiz jobs that there are uh, interviewing adjudicators and hosts and question writers and pretty much everybody who we are trying to get through all the personnel who put together great quizzes. And then w- Lucy and I will have a quiz discussion. We'll do the history of quiz in season with series two. That's what we that's what we've been going through. And uh, yeah, we'll, we, we challenge one another. And then the, re- the, the readers,
2: what, what, what
3: is <laughs> this? The keeps, 19th century.
0: Lucy keeps saying <laughs> that on the podcast as <laughs> well.
3: The list of quiz, the list of quiz. So people, people are happy. People are People are welcome to submit their their own five questions, yeah, true stumpers. But again, that shows the the craft that goes into writing a good quiz question because we've had people submit a quiz, which obviously they've slaved over and they've wanted to tax us, but it's not entertaining. No. And the better ones have been ones where as soon as you hear the answer, even if it's a tricky question, you go, oh, should have got that. Oh, yeah. So we've had music lyrics has been a, a theme in a couple of quizzes, and we had a Harry Potter quiz in the last episode. And those are the kind of ones that, that yeah, they're really entertaining and people really respond to them. So mm. it's it's kind of a magazine format. We have you know there's a structure to it, and so we'll have a couple of guests, and it means you know it's I do like ones that are open ended and people are just chatting away. But we thought we'll we'll do this as sort of a, a thirty minute like watching the one show you know if you don't like this segment you'll be all right two minutes time there'll be something different <laughs>
0: exactly so I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna submit a this country uh quiz because i was listening to one today and you you asked lucy um the, the bafta question the uh for this country and who who was wearing a swindon town dress and i was listening yeah. like oh of this country <laughs> question uh right before we uh just chat a little bit more about this country uh, and finish okay, off well this is this is the quiz that we do every week we do this for okay. every episode every superfan episode this is called carry or curtain i'm going to give you a line <laughs> of dialogue you okay. need to tell me if it's carry or curtain ah uh, okay go on. here you go number one did you see the look on the vicar's face then he was fuming curtain well done. You well get done. a bell for that one. Well done. I could
3: hear, I could hear him say it. That's cool. well, what well, episode was, what that was that in?
0: That was in King of the Nerds when huh? he was with the nerds and they d- were running away from the vicar. Right. Uh Number two, what sort of broom is that? Kerry. <laughs> that was Curtain. To Rob ah! Robinson. To Rob Robinson. Oh, no!
3: <laughs> Salamander, indeed, oh. <laughs> indeed. Oh, that, that was it. That was a gimme. I'm gutted now. Number I'm three,
0: I really like the way you use the door. Curtain, that was Kerry oh. Two Curtain when he's coming in through uh, QNVQ Q- Q- M- GMVQ G- Q- M- v- Q- and he's coming through the door after he says <laughs> the dump gang. <guy. laughs> I really like the way you use the door. And that's uh, right. Number four, let's go down the pub and get shit faced.
3: Um, I kind of want to say neither, but curtain.
0: It was curtain. That was to yeah. the vicar after he was dancing in GNVQ. Let's get down to the pub and get shit faced, and then I think he says, "Have you ever taken a pill or something?" To the vicar, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the vicar. Oh,
3: oh, he's, yeah, yeah he he's, he's, he's he's, lovely. Yeah, it's possibly my second favorite after Big though.
0: Yeah, number five, last one. If I need to go. T- if I need to go to homeschool, you need... Oh, my God. Hang on. If, <laughs> oh, this is terrible. I, been, master Extraordinary. Uh, oh, God. Uh, this, if is, I, this is not how, to, not how to run a pub
3: quiz.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I, I... I think I've completely balled up this question. If I need to go home, you need to go back to shagging... Oh, if I need to go... Oh, Christ almighty. If I need to go home, you need to go back to shagging school then, mate. Which is a total, I oh. totally mullered that line there, but uh. yeah, yeah. I, but
3: you've, you've, I've lost all the nuance there. I, know.
0: Um. <laughs> I didn't deliver um, that one the best, I have to say.
3: I will say curtain. I'm just going to say that was curtain. curtain. Yes, yeah. that was
0: when that was when uh, Martin sacked him after calling <laughs> yep. him a big bold fanny. Yeah, oh, but that was three out of five. So uh, that's very not too bad. That's very respectful. I know you're not going to be happy with that at all. Yeah. No, no
3: I, I, I want to come back next week. <laughs> and try again, yeah. and you. Absolutely... No, I'm, I'm subbing Lucas in because Lucas would have absolutely mulled that quiz. He would have absolutely smashed it. I'm sure he
0: would. I'm yeah, sure he would. Well, it's very honourable. Absolutely. Well, um, as we're recording this, they have now finished filming series three. Woo-hoo! So, where would you like to see the characters go for series three?
3: Um, I, I, I would like to see. Curtin go from strength to strength in his love of hospitality. I think there's a there's a long way you could go there, but he doesn't have to leave the village. I think an apprenticeship or something could could do wonders for his confidence. Mm. Um uh, what, what I really want is to see how Curtin eats a pizza. <laughs> yeah. because yeah. if it's not the basic slice method no. and from the inside i'm really i'm confused no. as to what he actually means and i'm and does he mean a calzone does he want a calzone is that what he's, he's like folding, well, just it just folding it
1: over and, you
3: know maybe or just gets, roll, rolling yeah. it up and just downing it in one
1: or maybe he gets his pizza cutter and rather than going up and down he Does it in a circle in the middle and brings it out like rings. Pizza
0: rings. Whatever it is, he gets very, very Mm -hmm. emotional when he's talking about pizzas.
3: That is one of the best moments when he he tears up about about pizza. (laughs) I mean, it's happened to me. (laughs) Not not when arguing over whose food can go in the oven. (laughs) Um, Uh, I I, I want... I want Kerry to find a hobby that that is productive for her, that that she gets something a bit longer term out of. Mm. Even you know, she, I don't think she's ever gonna you know set the world on fire. I enjoyed her attempt at being a businesswoman, and I think I don't know maybe maybe some kind of enforcer. Yeah. Can't the, pay won't pay. <laughs> the, the, the suit, the suit did work, but she did look like someone from Call the Sheriffs.
0: Yeah. And we have seen some um behind the scenes footage yeah. of us that put up online and she's yeah. wearing the suit again.
3: Yes. So she must okay. have some kind of She's got a new job. Some kind of business oh, venture
0: going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, some other pyramid scheme.
0: It's gotta be, isn't it? Could you see Kerry
3: having a family?
0: I don't know. I don't know. We've talked about this before in the fact yeah. that she seems very Image- childlike yeah. when it comes to
1: yeah.
0: things of that nature, and I don't know whether she. I don't know. It seems it wouldn't seem right. I don't think
1: because I actually no. think she'd be quite good with children. Because in the end, when you see her read Cat in the Hat, she is pretty good, isn't yeah. she? Yeah,
3: yeah, and and you know, bonding bonding with the kids, bonding mm. with the little little half brothers. Yeah, um, I think she would be. She'd be good as a mum, but by sort of default, she'd be learning as she went, and it would be very haphazard. And, mm. you know, before she knew it, she'd have four kids running around. Yeah. <laughs> and, and be, like, shouting at them from the other room like a mum does and, you know, never mm. actually never actually seeing her. Um I'd never want to see Carrie's mum. I, I, I just love the sound of her voice. Yeah. Yelling through. Uh, I wouldn't like to be the neighbours because it's just... No, I'd, I'd I would be deeply unhappy about the amount of shouting. I'm a very peaceful person at home. I like it tranquil.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, my next door neighbour is uh, he's of a similar mind. Uh, That's all. What, uh, what else would I like from from series three? I, I want to find out more about about the vicar's background because I like when you find out just little bits of his life story, and um, he's he is such a complex character, but you he because he's not the focus of it, you don't know everything about him. And I like that you just find out little little bits of biography and little bits of his interests and, and where he's been and I bet he's probably had such an interest in life. And it wouldn't surprise me if they've written a huge, you know, biography, a backstory for him. Mm. And we'll never we'll never get that, but that's that's part of the, the joy of it because Kerry and Curtin are most of the other characters are just they're so they're so basic humans there's no edge there there's no there's nothing deep to interpret about them other than what you are you are literally seeing everything about them their souls are laid bare the 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 fact that it's almost stream of consciousness what they say they've no filter and i think that's that's that nice contrast there with you know you know the vicar do- he's very controlled about what he says and he doesn't let that much slip and he, he thinks about what he says he he chooses his words very carefully well that's mm. why
0: we, I mean, we said that before in i think of the aftermath when he's talking about his wife's strawberry jam and the fact that she puts too much sugar in it you see that look on his face like i've said too much yeah I've, I've said way <laughs> too much to a tv camera i'm gonna get absolutely slaughtered <laughs> by my wife when i get home <laughs> and it'll be interesting to see whether we see polly because i think it's one of those things i think it's another character that they could just drop in there that that we've we've we know about, but we haven't yeah. really met. Yeah. Absolutely,
3: yeah. There, there's certain characters that yeah you're interested in finding out about, and there's others that you hope never appear. And yes. and I'm hoping there is Uncle Nugget is due another another bit of parole soon. I'm sure. <laughs> But I hope we never we, actually meet no, no, him. I I'm absolutely terrified of him. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially but he's with... just
3: having a laugh. Yeah.
1: He's just having a
0: laugh. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and you good. can only have one psychopath on the estate. Otherwise, yeah. it becomes <laughs> carnage, doesn't it? It yeah. does become
3: carnage. Be... Oh, Uncle Nugget versus Mandy. That would be amazing. Oh, I know. I put my <gasps> money on there. Oh. <laughs> but she'd get a nunchucks out 100%. Yeah, she'd have him. She absolutely have him.
0: Yeah. So, uh, what have you got coming up? Is it more, more chases? And have you got any other bits and pieces of the podcast is the podcast coming back
3: podcast should be coming. Out. when when are we when is this ep going out so this will be going
0: out well hopefully the end of this week
3: lovely um so we are going back into the studio in october so next month for a lot more chase episodes Wonderful. and we are looking at recording some more episodes of fingers on buzzers before christmas and we're looking into some live shows i know you guys have uh,
2: got into that
3: business yes um maybe incorporating a bit of a an interactive quiz element. that's something Ooh. we are we're working on a format for that at the moment that's so a- watch this space we'll announce that sort of in the new year i think
0: well we'll put the link to the podcast in the show notes um, and like i say if you love quizzing or if you just love people chatting about the good old days of quiz. <laughs> um, then, then have a listen. It or, is, it is... or
3: just just blowing on on random musical <laughs> instruments.
0: <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> uh, the, the, the stylophone came out, and there's all kinds yeah. of things that they're trying to get in for. The I can't remember the name of the whistle, but the one that goes. Oh, yeah, that one.
3: Yeah. a bit of a swanny whistle
0: to me to, to be honest that's one of the bits that i really look forward to in the podcast is what the sames are for the buzzers because <laughs> it's not the same every week it's different things each week uh jenny thank you so much for joining us it's been so nice to chat to you it really been has awesome
3: no it's it's been great to uh to chat to people who know so much more about this country than i do but I'm 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 looking forward to sharing this episode with, with my family and they will absolutely crucify me for the questions I got wrong.
0: I'm gonna give you one more. Uh... <laughs> Just one. On the pub quiz machine, um if the question was who is not a spice girl or what was Kerry's answer? Oh
3: no, this is this is a quiz question. It's about a quiz, a
0: quiz, quiz question, question within a quiz question. Oh,
3: go on, what what was it what was, was the answer?
0: Mel C. Like? She kept pressing <laughs> C. Um, anyway, uh, I,
3: I can give I can give you Lucas's uh, hardest, most recent uh, quiz question about this country. Go on, then. In fact, it was my my, my stepdad came up with it, and it stumped Lucas immediately. Um, where does Martin Mucklow bank?
1: Where does he bank? Oh mm. my God, that is a great question! Isn't the keepers in the fruity? Yes. Well done with a uh... well done
0: I a cannot... do i'll tell you what jenny now I, i'm very competitive now you i'm really pissed off now because i've <laughs> i've gone through every episode like every five seconds to get those 400 questions and he's the one that gets the answer to your question <laughs> i'm <laughs> never ever gonna put that um, that's it i'm not gonna sleep tonight i'm gonna be in a, a mood i'll
1: live with that <laughs>
0: <laughs> unbelievable What a, on that bombshell <laughs>
3: <laughs> what a way to finish
0: what, the episode what a way to finish uh, the what episode what a good question that was a fantastic question that I'm going to add that one to my <laughs> list I've got 401 now <laughs> the <day-to-face. laughs> yeah thank you so much Jenny yes, you thank just, you uh, Jenny. stay there for a second while Neil does the uh, see if you get all this right now come absolutely. on absolutely I cannot believe that you got me like
1: that unbelievable <laughs> so if you haven't already done so please do follow us on the social media you have Facebook Twitter Instagram I think we're even on Snapchat, aren't we? I think so. And even (laughs) under under WTAF This Country, you can email us and talk to us about anything over email if you would like. that WTAF This Country at hotmail.com. Oh, well done. Or you could go to our website where you can get everything you need to know about us and everything that's going on at WTAFpodcasts.com.
0: Well done. I'll give you a ding for that one. And remember, we still got a few tickets for our live show, which is at the end of November uh, at the Sundial Theatre in Cirencester. Um, At the moment, we've got Martin Mucklow is going to be there. We've got uh, Terry from the Bowls Club is going to be there. Jill's going to be there. Uh, uh, Daisy and Charlie's mum, who designed the BAFTA dress. Um, And special guest. uh, A special guest, James Moore from Emmerdale uh, Emmerdale. Uh, we've also got the first ever Dump Gang Olympics which is going to be great just go to our website or Facebook page all the information is there uh, but grab your tickets while you can before they sell out marvellous thank you Jenny Jenny thank you so much it's been a real thank pleasure to speak me. to you uh, I'm going to go on the Chase app now and see if I can win some more money <laughs> off of you after that <laughs> last question just to make myself feel better
1: I'll be over your back jabbing at the
3: uh, point
0: yeah. you will see yeah,
3: see <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you so much Jenny. thank you Jenny
0: thank oh, you very... thanks
3: for having me and uh, look forward to, to hearing the
0: episode awesome thank you very much Neil thank you Pav thank you very much everyone now go and get plumbed you fuckers Scarecrow Festival is, like, the most important day
2: of the year. What? Daft pal? This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck?
0: As promised, here's a sneak preview of the This Country book as read by Kerry and Curtin. It's available at Amazon, or good bookshops, and also on all your audio devices. Go and buy it now.
2: Len's Spooky Spooky Village Village Tales Tales by by Len Len Clifton. Clifton. Read by Kerry and Curtin Mucklow. Mucklow. The Vanishing Tour Guide This ghostly tale's been heard from a few people over the recent years and it will send shivers down your spine. Our village, being nestled deep in the soft bosom of the Cotswold countryside, is a magnet for tourists from all over the globe. There have been many a tale of Japanese tourists being greeted off the coach in the marketplace by a gentleman wearing a tall stovepipe hat with a wide brim who shouts in an authoritative manner, This way! This way! The Japanese tourists follow him for up to 12 miles deep into the countryside where the tour guide is known to drop to his knees, put his head in his hands and say Shit, I don't know where the fuck we are, before vanishing into thin air. The chap in the top hat fits the description of a local tour guide known by the name of Ernie Garlic whose trademark was wearing a tall stovepipe top hat with a wide brim. Tragically, Ernie took his own life in 1987 when he read a cruel review of one of his tours in the Cotswold Life magazine. The poor fellow just weren't naturally blessed with the directional skills needed of a tour guide and was even known to get lost in his very own street. He suffered from a disorder called topographical agnosia which causes a person to have absolutely zero sense of direction. It's a comfort, however, to know that Ernie is still doing what he loves beyond the grave and guiding tourists into the ass end of nowhere. God bless you, Ernie, you half-wit.
0: Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top Ten of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own top tens to the pod. Yes. It could be top 10 scary movies, top 10 swear words, top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The top 10 of anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown.
1: Phenomenal.